The following is brought to you in association with and from a proud partner of the Shining Wizards Network. Entertainment here. This is Radioactive Metal, your source for news, views, tunes, and interviews. Here are your hosts, Snowy, Rock, Corrine, and Aaron. What's up, everyone? Welcome to a Lord of the Flicks episode of Radioactive Metal. This is episode 697. Whoa, the countdown's on. And I'm Snowy White. And I am Tired, also known as Aaron. And ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this Easter Monday episode because what better to have the day after Easter, then the coffee that's hotter than a church in Norway. True Coat Coffee, T-R-V-E-K-V-L-T-Coffee.com. Hopefully you poured yourself a cup when you celebrated Zombie Jesus Day. Oh, right? I didn't actually think you would ever go there. Oh. Nice. So. You got to have a sense of humor. Yeah, you really do, right? And, I mean, especially being that we are fans of, you know, horror and all that sort of stuff. Um, one of my friends told me, like, yeah, it's also full moon. It's werewolf Jesus. I'm like, werewolf Jesus. Werewolf That's Jesus. Something, right? But um, the folks at True Cult Coffee, typically every year, they put up a Happy Zombie Jesus Day post, <laughs> which I uh-huh. love, right? Because it's, it's, I mean, because they're not wrong, right? If you're raising from the when, dead. Yeah, when you really yeah. think about it, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's, that's a great time. So, yeah, so True Cult Coffee, T-R-V-E-K-V-L-T Coffee.com. Fantastic product for metalheads, by metalheads. Um, go out to the website, subscribe. Not only will you not run out of coffee, you'll get great music every month. And um, also enjoy great humor if you follow them on their social media pages. Because they're also fun people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah. yeah, but e- Easter is that holiday that, you know, um, you've got to be serious into your religion to, to celebrate. Because... Everybody celebrates Christmas, right? Mm-hmm. Everybody yeah. wants the time off. Everybody gets together with family. Everybody wants to give gifts. Everybody loves that holiday. This holiday is about depression and sadness. Like Easter 
Easter is what the preachers like, right? Like the preachers will even tell you that. They're like, give me Easter because they're talking about the death of Jesus, Jesus giving up his life, you know, to save the world, all that sort of stuff. And it is a dark, dark, dark holiday. So if you're going to church, Mm -hmm. if you're celebrating Easter, um, you know, that's, that's pretty hardcore because there's, there's no joy in Easter. Right. I mean, there is, but there's not. It's a lot of sadness right. and misery, that, that sort of thing. But you have mm-hmm. to look at, like, you know, the whole greater good thing. So, <laughs> yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. That, that's the serious stuff there. And the fact that Easter also ties in with the Passover, right? Now, are you familiar with Passover? Um, I really should. And as soon as you remind me, I'll go, oh, yeah. Well, yeah. And, I mean, it's you, you especially just as a metalhead should because – um, Passover is all about the angel of death. Okay. Right? So Passover is the Jewish holiday that Jesus was celebrating on the night that he was betrayed and handed over. Right. Uh-huh. But he was celebrating the Passover meal and the Passover meal was to commemorate the, um, when the Jews were to slaughter, was it the oldest calf, the youngest calf? I think it was like slaughter, like a young calf. Put the blood on the door to mark it, um, and then the angel of death would come and pass over those doors. But uh, then they would, um, the angel of death would kill the firstborn of everybody else, right? And so they basically wiped out the firstborn son of everybody else in the kingdom. And upon hearing this, the king let the Jews go. Uh because he's like yeah let's get these people out of here the holy crap (laughs) right so yeah so that's that's the passover meal um but yeah yeah like like like, and and that's the funny thing though like when you have people who are anti-jewish who are christian that that makes no sense whatsoever because Jesus wasn't Christian. Jesus was Jewish. Yeah, yeah, and he loved everyone. And like he celebrated the, the Passover. Like, mm-hmm. it, it just yeah, it it's it's really funny, you know. It like and not in a good way, you know. So, mm-hmm. yeah. but we've talked about this before. How I feel that religion is just failing in general, you know, because it, it you know all the religions are allowing divisions. You know, and I mean, mm-hmm. uh, heck, I think Jesus even said it before Lincoln about a house divided can't stand, you know, so. Mm-hmm. But anyway, how's your Easter holiday going there, buddy? Well, it was actually kind of a kick-ass weekend, uh, which I'll get to in my metal fix. And it's also continuing on today, and it will continue tomorrow, but... Fast forward a couple days before Good Friday, which we had off, okay, we got hit with what was supposed to be like, um, okay, we're we're now mid, it was mid, mid-April, mid now we're getting into the latter April and all that, but our local media, oh no, we got the storm of the century coming, we got this big... This big snowstorm is going to be hitting us right away up up from Colorado and and all that. And it actually shut down the city for a couple days. And now, with what I do for money job, I am in the transportation business. So that did effectively give me a couple snow days. A snow okay. day. How snow nice. days. I like that. Yeah, I like that. Which we barely here in Canada, like 
we barely ever had any snow days all throughout school because, well, this is Canada. You know? Yeah. Like, I mean, like, same, same with Pennsylvania. Like, it was rare we had snow days, you know. Right, right. Because you dealt. You yeah. dealt with it. This big snowstorm hits, okay. Concerts are canceled and, you know, people are panic shopping again like they did at the beginning of the pandemic. Oh, I don't goodness. know. Did they think they were going to be stuck in the house for two weeks or whatever? Like, people are... It, it got sick. It got sick once again. Now, this big storm, okay? I don't mean to sound like old man Snowy, you know, when the old man says, well, when I was your age, you know, I went to school with eight feet of snow uphill both ways, okay? I don't want to come across like that, but I'm kind of going to... Because I remember at 10 years old, walking to and from school in worse than that. And this shut down Winnipeg of all cities in the world? Like, wow. Yeah. Like, dude, same thing happened in Pittsburgh. You know, like, I I had way worse um, times that I went to school than what they canceled schools for. So, yeah. Like, mm. I... I I get where you're coming from. Yeah, yeah. It's just, you know, things change. People are like, oh, no, we don't want to do this or that. And honestly, uh, we've become such a litigious society that everybody looks for an opportunity to sue. So, Uh you know, let's let's say some kid's out and doing something stupid. A kid swerves or a car swerves because there's ice and somebody gets hurt. Like, you know, it's, it's just a it's a legal nightmare, you know. Because mm-hmm. oh. I also don't think that kids today have the same safety sense that we had as kids. Oh yeah. Oh you 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 had to watch out for yourself because when when I remember when I was a kid, okay, come Saturday mornings after hockey or baseball practice and all the cartoons were done and all that, I was to mom and dad, bye. And I wouldn't come back until my parents didn't know where I was going. I didn't know where I was going. You know, I wouldn't I wouldn't come back until six o'clock that evening when wrestling and hockey started, you know, for that Saturday night. You know, like that's just just how we lived. And now with parents and kids, well, it's I don't know if you want to say the kids are being coddled these days. Or not, it, it all depends on your own perspective or whatever. That's just the way that I that I lived. Well, it's, I think we've gotten so different. afraid of kids getting hurt that we don't let them try things. Yeah, right. Because, yeah. Like, like, to your point, with being out all day, you know, when I was out all day, I'd go up to the neighbor boy's house, and we would get out the block stone and um, the plywood, and we'd build a ramp. Uh-huh. Right? Now... Yeah. Before you go off the ramp, you walk up it because you want to see if it's going to hold your weight. Now, if it holds your weight, now you go up with a bicycle. Okay? How bad's it bowing? All right, we need to put another another brick under here. Like, you know, all the stuff that – and maybe it's, it's also the jackass society where people find it funny to get hurt. But I mean, you know, we we grew up in the in the age of the daredevils, the evil Knievels, mm-hmm. where you took risks, but you did dangerous things 
safely if that makes any sense oh, at all. oh that that's totally that sums it up right there yeah we did stuff that was stupid and dangerous but we did it so we wouldn't hurt ourselves yeah like you took safety precautions like i was on a canoe trip once right for for um i think it was for a church camp and you know as you can imagine, I was the bad seed because I was the rock and roller with the long hair. Mm-hmm. But um, this one kid who was crazier than me, we're like, you know, we're, we're canoeing somewhere and we find this awesome bridge over the water. And he's like, I want to jump in. I'm like, okay. <laughs> I'm like, I think it's cool. He's like, well, you think it's shallow? I'm like, it's shallow. He's like, well, what do we do? Like, well, I said, you can't dive because you're going to get hurt if you dive. I said, you're going to be better to cannonball. So, like, we literally talked this out. And then he goes up there. I'm like, okay, I'm going to be in the water and then I'll be basically on safety. I'm like, let's, I'll be far enough away that you're not going to hit me. Like, if you, you know, because you know the trajectory of a falling object, like it could shift a little bit. So you've got to, you know, allow for that. Right. So, like, and literally think about that. Like, I feel like as, as kids, you know, back in the 80s, we knew more about physics just <laughs> from the stupid shit we did. Then we let on. Yeah. yeah right? Like, actually- like when I say this stuff out loud. So we do this and the kid jumps, lets out this huge splash. Everybody in the camp hears it comes running. They're like, who just did that? And everybody points at me. Well, everybody who wasn't there pointed at me. They feared I did it. I'm like, no, it wasn't me. I was here for safety. Like I'm the guy who is like the lifeguard. I'm here for the I'm the strong swimmer. I'm here to make sure he doesn't die. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, dangerous like, things, but safely, right yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. Like you know, like like think about it. Think it through. Like yes, there. Like like we we thought about the risks and what could happen, and then you have to weigh you you got to weigh everything. You know. So yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know, different yeah. era right i'll definitely get that i definitely get that yeah you have to you have to let kids s- scrape their knees you have to let them roll down hills climb trees you have to let them go bike riding you gotta you it's just it's it's all part of being a kid yeah well as a matter of fact just just right before this snowstorm hit i was going home i was going home from work and i was crossing my community center and in the parking lot you know how kids play pick up games of street hockey and all that well these these kids were playing cricket because of our we in the in in my neighborhood we have a large east 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 indian population i'm not as familiar with the game i know there's a bat Right. Yeah, there's there's a bat, there's there's a ball. It's kind of like like baseball, but it's 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 a fantastic game, and I learned how to play it in high school. And because I was, you know, I excelled at baseball in my teens. Like I picked up cricket right away. You know, it was it was just just to. But the thing is, just to see these kids out and about doing that on their own, not in any organized league or someplace their parents forced them to go or anything. They just you know, there no phones in their hands, no video games. They were just out doing something physical like that. I was just like, yeah, that's what I like to see. Well, I'll that's- tell you, like down here, we've really stifled a lot of that. I think I told you we don't have any public basketball hoops. No, none. Oh, geez. 
Yeah, wow. and, and that makes no sense to me. And then, you know, somebody's like, well, you know, there's a lot of crime with basketball. I'm like, what crime what? happens with basketball? No, you... Like, you're have, playing having, basketball. You're running until yes. you pass out. Like, if there's have, crime happening, they're doing it completely <laughs> wrong. Yes, ha- having access to organized sports and even just a place to go, you know, to pass the time and doing something physical is a deterrent against crime. Yeah, typically. That's, that's why here in Canada we have all of these, what we what are known as community centers, where it, it's, it's open to the public. There's skating rinks, there's basketball courts. There's, of course there's a skating rink. Of course. Yeah, You're so you know, Canadian. There's... <laughs> There's a baseball field near nearby. It's just some place that the kids can go to do something physical and constructive and stay off the streets and all of that good stuff. Now, an enterprising teenager like myself would spend the day playing hockey or baseball and then go and be a terror at night. You know? Oh, yeah. yeah. I, was, <laughs> like, I mean, we're, like, like let, let's certainly not say that we we're always innocent because that's not true. Not, not at all. Not at all. No. You know, for sure, for sure, yeah, yeah. So it's yeah, it's definitely has been a fantastic weekend, and it's it's really not over because tomorrow night, Tuesday the nineteenth, as we speak, there's a local um, hardcore and punk podcast here called Back Alley Beers. Our good buddy Travis. Who has we've we've had him on the show as the promoter of uh, local basement shows because he's put on so many of them in his garage and in his basement and he's been in a number of bands, including your mom, great 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 punk band. You know we played a lot of his stuff. We'll continue to. He has taken the concept of the back alley beer, which is having beers behind the venues and all that. And brought it into podcast form, where basically he invites all these, excuse me, all these local bands to his place, and they, well, they have some back alley beers in his home studio, and just talk about whatever while they drink as much beer as they can. So um, I'm going to be joining good friends of the show. Shit happens as well, Ducky and KK and the whole the whole gang. They're coming down, and when I saw Travis out and about this weekend, he said, Snowy, Snowy, why don't you come down as well and give, you know, your two cents about everything? And I'm like, hey, man, I am there. So it's going to be it's going to be weird being on the other side, you know, of the coin, like the other side of the mic, shall we say, doing interviews for like 15 years. But to be the subject, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. And of course, drinking as many lemmies and back alley beers as possible as well. So, so hey, really looking forward to it. Really looking forward right now is to getting some tunes for this week's mandatory metal segment, courtesy of the true folk, the the good folks at True Cavalt Coffee. Brand new record from Death Metalers on Death. It's time to rise from the grave. Drops ooh, the 22nd. So when you hear this, 
this record will be on the shelves. Make sure you go out and get it. And okay, we've played on death on the show before. And they're one of those they are a real hot shit new generation breed of death metal and I can't wait to uh introduce this record to all of our listeners. So let's go with um how about Necrobionics? Once again, for true Cavalt coffee, this is undeath.
been very busy this week. Here's our metal fix. Okay, while that awesome song was going on, I poured myself a fresh Lemmy here in my Motorhead mug. And so I want to hear what's going on with your metal fix this weekend. All right, so we're going to keep this short. Um, <clears throat> I discovered a band called Crisix, C-R-I-S-I-X. Yep. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like they're a band that we've either had on this show before or that you've have of. Last year with their last their last record we we had them on great band I love I love what they're doing yes I I do too and um, they had their new album full HD I have to call out the song the Macarena Mosh <laughs> trust okay. me go listen to it all right it's just fantastic fantastic album fantastic band um, Cancer Bats have a new album. They do. Psychic Jailbreak, and it's killer. I'm glad you mentioned Cancer Bats. I'll be getting to them soon enough. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Killer, killer album. And then this past week, I just decided to listen to all the Studio Megadeth albums. I listened to all 15. Are we at 15 Megadeth albums? Like well, I have them all. But 16 I is coming out soon. Holy jeez. Yeah. And, and you know what I realized about Megadeth? Okay. They have put out some albums that absolutely suck, like uh, Euthanasia. <laughs> uh, right? Yeah, was, that was kind of hit and miss. Risk had, like, one really good song on it, and then after that, it's just absolute crap. See, I kind of dug Risk. I really dug Cryptic Writings. I thought that was really good. Um, but just as I listen to it, the one thing that I can say for Dave is that he really is the most consistent product in metal. He puts out an album every couple of years, yeah. you know, yeah. you, 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 for the most part, know what you're going to get. Um, <clears throat> he's an amazing guitarist, possibly like he is like the, the archetype blueprint for the metal guitarist. Um, he's absolutely a one trick pony. I was talking to somebody about this, um, because he really can't play anything other than Megadeth. Like, and he also can't not be the band leader. Like, he, mm-hmm. he just doesn't know how to do it, you know? Oh, fair enough. Um, but I gotta say, man, listen to all 15 Megadeth albums. I'm like, yeah, like Dave is like possibly like the most metal guy out there. You know, like, like he's, he's, he's never stopped. He keeps going and, you know, he, he commits to it. It's pretty good stuff. <laughs> and it's definitely been very entertaining along the way throughout, throughout all of his crap with, uh, his, his personal feud with the guys in Metallica and then some, first of all, some really left wing beliefs political beliefs when he was younger and now that you know fast forward 20 30 years later like he's kind of shifted and he's becoming an ultra conservative and all that which you're seeing more and more now with musicians that were young dumb full of cum when they were younger but now that they're pushing 60 i feel like he's always been pretty right wing no i don't know 
I don't know, but you know what? This is definitely um, since since you're talking about how you went through all the the whole disc the discography. When the yeah. new record comes out, man, what we have to do is dedicate. Well, it would have to be pretty much an entire episode of just going through records one through sixteen. <laughs> oh, I'd be okay with and that. Just, just do a deep dive. Yes, yeah. yes, because we've been there right from the start. I remember without picking up so far, so good, so what, just because of the kick-ass, you know, it was just the skull. The original you cover, know. I know Dave hates it, but well, it I, I love the original cover. Yeah, me too, me too, yeah. I love that's, the original that's cover. The cover. That's the cover that I know and love. Well, and the thing is, like, like where you know he always like, oh, it looks so cheesy, it looks silly. Like I'm like, no, it it looks like 1980s horror, and it's pretty <laughs> foreboding. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, like, like even even knowing everything about, it, I'm like, yeah, no, like that looks like um, somebody's gonna get killed tonight. You know, <laughs> like. <laughs> but like it, it's it's pretty it's pretty good you know I, I appreciate it so oh yeah yeah, yeah. for sure and, and like I appreciate Dave's journey too like I don't know if you've read his 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 book but it just no but I definitely should it's it's really a fantastic read you know it, it's interesting to see his his journey um you know through like kind of living on his own through drugs picking up the guitar all that sort of stuff and then you know into being a christian and all that sort of stuff today mm-hmm. and and also like i love the fact that whether he was christian or the antichrist he was always the same dave so like you know when 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 he was not the you know good christian fellow we'll say um he's like go ahead come at me I fucking dare you. That's and right. then when he becomes the Christian and like one of the death metal guys or, or no, the Swedish death metal, black metal or whatever was threatening to kill him. He's like, okay, go ahead. Come at me. Come at me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, like, like changed, but yeah, that, that never changed. Yeah. Yeah. He, sure. He's just like, yeah, <laughs> you know, and I just, I, I just really, really appreciate Dave Mustaine. And I, well, I kicked myself because there were a couple times I almost bought some of the Dean signature guitars because they got to a really nice price. And I wish I would have bought Peace Cells because Peace Cells was the album I came on board with. And then I went back, obviously, to get um, Killing Is My Business. I'm like, I totally blanked. And I got to say this. I remember not liking So Far, So Good, So What? Really? I remember not liking it. Like other than Anarchy in the UK. I remember just thinking like mm. that 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 was definitely the selling point. Oh yeah. Like being a Sex Pistols fan Absolutely. and a teenage punk rocker as well. It's like, oh my god, Megadeth doing the Sex Pistols. I am so oh I was in in on the record regardless. Oh yeah. But I am so in with this and it remains not only one of my favorite covers but just one of my favorite songs of all time both, it, it's phenomenal. both that and the original yeah it's, it's absolutely phenomenal but like listening to that record now I'm like wow this record's way better than I remember it being I, I, I actually like because what was the one I can't remember if it was Hook and Mouth or 502 whatever the the songs where they're always like the hits that they'll say people always talk about. I'm like, I never liked them. And I just, 
I sat down with the album and I'm like, wow, I really enjoy this record. So that was nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then last but not least, September 18th, Dirty Rotten Imbeciles will be here in Charleston, South Carolina. Hmm. Okay, that's good news. Okay, and I didn't know if I wanted to discuss this this episode because we have a pretty um, full plate with the Metal Lords and all that, but yeah. it's something that I guess we do have to discuss. DRI's Canadian tour has been canceled. What? There has been an allegation, okay, from a woman here in Winnipeg that and this is all alleged it's an allegation and my knowledge from this is um very limited okay but working with the promoter bringing dri to town i am kind of a little on the inside but still my information about this because just not much has been announced as we speak but an allegation from a Winnipeg woman against Kurt, the singer, that he had allegedly roofied her and sexually assaulted her back in 1989, oh. I wow. guess it would have been. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Dude. It's, that was quite their heyday years. So. Oh, that, that was the one I loved DRI the most. Yeah. You know, and I was there and I... Like I was there for that that show that where this allegedly had happened. I took Mrs. Snowy there as you know one of you know as it on a date in our first year together. It's just yeah, I was absolutely floored. We were so stoked to have DRI coming on Father's Day. Yeah, June nineteenth. That was going to be you oh, know. Man. And then this happened, and I'm just like, oh my god, I just. And things are still kind of, you know, no, no, no one knows what's going on. No one has any information. We just know that the tour has been, the Canadian tour, at least, has been canceled. I'm sorry, I, I probably should have said something to you off the air, but I didn't know that you were going to talk about them coming to Charleston. Well, when you start talking about them going through Canada, I'm like, ah, oh, I wonder if they're going to be anywhere near here. And they're actually coming here. And mm-hmm. like I've said before, nobody comes here. So I'm putting it on the calendar, making plans. And, you know, it's like, of course, it's a Sunday night. It couldn't be a Saturday night, you know. But I'm like, all right, I've got to make sure I'm there. I want to go because mm-hmm. I think I've told you I've opened for DRI. You have. You have. You know? A couple episodes ago. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it's like I really I, I really want to see the show. But, man, I really hope. Go. I w- okay. My recommendation yeah. is Go. Okay, because we don't know. Okay? I know, I know, I know, but I we just like I don't know. And and I want to I want to give them the benefit of the doubt. Um, but the fact that you know it's this late in the game, it could be two things. It could be an, it 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 can be an attention seeker, but it could be that it's taken the woman this long to get the courage to come forward. Oh, that's it exactly. And if sure. that's, that's the case, then yeah. we really need to stand behind her and support her. Oh, definitely. You know. Definitely. Because, because you, you never know. Like, yeah. like look at the stuff that's been going on with Johnny Depp. You know, Johnny Depp's wife, um, ex-wife, was making all sorts of accusations that have turned out to be unfounded. 
um, and got him kicked off of movies. You know, it turns out she was the abuser. Yes. yes. Yeah. So it, it's one of those things where it's like, man, like I, 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 I really hope it's not true. But at the same time, knowing that it was the 80s and knowing all the other things that went on in the 80s, man, it absolutely could be. And it could have taken her this long to come forward. And so if that's the case, you know, like we, we got to support her. Definitely, definitely. As much as I love DRI, one of my all-time favorite bands, and as much as I like Kurt, I've had the pleasure of yeah. of meeting him and talking to him the last time. We didn't get him on the show. It just we just it just it just never happened i introduced him you know to my wife she was so excited to meet him and all that and it just yeah i'm praying i'm praying that this this is a false false allegation but on the other hand i'm sorry to say i wouldn't be the least bit surprised if it was true yeah i hate to say that too and then and then i'm just i'm just going to be crushed Fortunately, crossing Canada as direct sport, direct sport, direct support for DRI is the Dayglo abortions. Rock the, on. the Dayglo abortions. And Murray, Murray the Cretan, you know, good, good friend of the show. He has announced that they, along with um, Vancouver hardcore band Citizen Rage. How is that for an awesome name? They are going to be making the trek, you know, sans sans DRI and doing a head uh, headlining day day glows tour, which you know what I'll take it. I'll I'll spend Father's Day with Murray because I know he's a dad, he's a great dad. He loves his kids, and we all love Murray, so we're looking forward to that so sorry to bring the show down but it's actually something that we had to address eventually yeah that's a bummer man well we're going to bring it back up here right away what else you got Uh, that's everything that was it okay okay like like i said do yourself a favor go to the show and enjoy it and hope hopefully when all this comes out in the wash you know Everything, you know, it all comes up Millhouse, but mm, really, yeah, yeah. I'm glad you mentioned Cancer Bats, okay, because Comeback Kid here from Winnipeg and Cancer Bats, the two awesome Canadian hardcore bands, are on tour together. They stopped here in Winnipeg just this past Friday on 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 Good Friday, of course. Great, great timing. Fantastic show. Both bands rule. Okay. And since it was a holiday, it was a Friday. It's a you know, it's a Winnipeg band done good in Comeback Kid. And of course, Cancer Bats is over like crazy within the underground. Seven hundred people piled into the park theater that's awesome weekend okay not only that because that show sold out really quickly and there was a lot of disappointed people the albert here in winnipeg okay which is basically the cbgb's of western canada okay it hates it's it has this amazing history 
within the the Canadian music scene, particularly the metal and the punk scene. Everyone, everyone in Western Canada knows the Albert. All every band has played it. It's it really is the CBGBs because this comeback kid cancer batch show sold out so quickly. The evening before Thursday, I guess there was a break in the schedule and all that. They scheduled a uh, a show at the Albert. And that sold out right away. But it's just good good on them for these two huge bands. You know, they might have taken that night off to do whatever, to relax or whatever. But no, let's let's do a show for the people that, you know, missed out. That's awesome, dude. Yeah, it was absolutely fantastic. Now, I didn't go to the Albert show because I was due, because I knew I was going to be at the park theater which was the original plan i didn't do any interviews or anything like that i just wanted to you know just be a patron and just hang out and all that good stuff i didn't i didn't do the first night at the albert because i was doing home date night living room date night with 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 mrs snowy had a great time with that so but the next night oh Oh, comeback kid at the park with cancer bats. Absolutely fantastic. This was actually my first time seeing cancer bats. And they have come through town a lot. I know, I know. I definitely should have seen them. So I'm not really too familiar with the with the material, but they went over like gangbusters. At their rendition, they wrapped up their set with um Beastie Boys Sabotage. A hard no. Oh, I'd love was, to see that. It was off the hook <laughs> it was off the hook because that's one of those songs that okay if if you're a rap a rap artist you can do a more rap version of that because it's really a rock song oh yeah you know and it translates so well to hardcore like like a band like cancer bats it was absolutely amazing well that was uh, the album where they kind of came back to their hardcore roots you know, yeah. Oh, yeah. Again. yeah. Because people forget that about uh, about the Beasties. Like he, they had such a such a history in the hardcore scene before License to Ill when they developed the whole rap thing. And not once did I ever say, "Ah, oh, look at these Beastie Boys. They fucking sold out by doing the rap and all that." Because License was a great record. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And Beastie Boys as a rap band was a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, you know, so, so uh, yeah, I can understand where someone might give them a little flack, but you know, but come on, come on, I, I, I definitely enjoyed it. One of the cool things about the comeback cancer show, oh, that's a bad way to put it. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, but let's do it. Let's try that yeah. again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The the kid bats show. Let's. Oh, I like that. Yeah, let's go with the, the the comeback bats show. Anyways, this same night as the Park Theater show, our good buddy Ducky, okay, there there was a pro wrestling show. the The Winnipeg Professional Wrestling Federation was putting on a card and brought in some big names through the independent federations throughout the U.S. Brought them in for a show here in Winnipeg. The promoter and Ducky 
invited the out-of-town guests to come to the Comeback Kid Cancer Bat show. Oh, because wow. Yeah, because, you know, in real life, regardless of what their wrestling character is, in real life, they're legit hard music fans. So we threw their names on the guest list, and Ducky brought them to the venue. They brought Zick, they they he brought Zicky Zicky Dice, really cool, very flamboyant wrestler from Impact Wrestling and all throughout the Indies. Really, really cool guy. Effie, another uh, another great guy. Unfortunately, I only had a quick chance to shake his hand and introduce myself, and we'll talk to you later. But he brought. One Jody Threat, who Jody Threat is, okay, she is a female wrestler out of Toronto. I've seen her wrestle many times on pay-per-views and on YouTube and all that. Haven't actually had a chance to catch her to do her thing live just yet, okay, because she has come through town a few times. Just I just didn't make it. Well, Ducky texts me. I'm bringing, I know you're a fan, Snowy. I'm bringing Jody down. Okay, right on. <laughs> right on, right on. Just as soon as I could, meeting, meet, okay, meeting Jody, like I, I had to, like we've done so many interviews over the years. Like we've talked to the Scorpions and Queensryche, ex-members of Megadeth and Anthrax and all, and all that. I have to admit, I really had to control the fanboy in me when I met Jody Threat because uh, being a big wrestling fan, knowing that she's a legit hardcore fan, she skateboards to the ring, and she took her last name from Minor Threat. Okay. For the first thing we did as soon as Dustin introduced me to her is he bought a round of shots. So I had to take that in, dude. I'm having a shot with Jody with with Jody Threat. This is fantastic. Okay, but then the next band comes on. Everyone kind of dispersed. God, if I don't see, if I don't see Miss Threat stage diving for for comeback, and which awesome. which totally makes sense. Well, yeah, which totally makes sense because I don't know how many times I've seen her jump off the top rope. <laughs> You know, <laughs> do a backflip off the top rope onto the floor where you know her opponent catches her, and all that. So seeing seeing threat do a, you know, stage diving. This is second nature. <laughs> you know, so that is definitely a memory I will always have. Catching up once once the show is over and people start to disperse and all that because there's 700 people in there you're kind of sardined and starts you're sardined in there, you know. But once the crowd starts to to disperse, I I caught up with her. We had a great we had a great chat with her and just hung out had a couple more, had a couple more drinks. She's coming back in June, so I want to do an interview a live. You know, action interview with her for Wrestling Night in Canada. That'd be fantastic. Yeah. But I also want to talk to her for radioactive metal as well because, like, she's legit hardcore. And we always like to have that unique interview. And we love band interviews, but 
you know, there's so much more to the hev to the heavy music, and so I really think she would definitely make an interesting guest for this show. The following night at the aforementioned Albert Street, now or like the Albert, okay, which is on Albert Street, as you know yourself. Okay. The, the Albert had been shut down for a while due to the pandemic and just for a variety of other reasons. So I haven't really been in there in years now. Okay. They've reopened. Bands, bands are coming in. Saturday night was the Halloween in April show. Okay. Which is basically, you will recall the Halloween last year, we spoke to the Misfit Tribute Band Psycho 78s. You'll, oh, you'll, yeah. You'll remember that. Heck yeah. Well, it, this Halloween in April gig was Psycho 78s headlining, doing the Misfits thing, plus the hardcore band Chernobyl Wolves. Plus the aforementioned Your Mom. Great, great local punk band. Had to go and check this out because not only is it just a, a great hardcore show, but the theme was, you know, Halloween in April, where they encouraged people to dress up in costumes. They decorated the room with fake spider webs and skulls and, you know, different different decorations it looked like a halloween show it was absolutely fantastic i love the, that dude yeah the bands were on point it was really killer the the thing that really clinched it for me though is kk the vocalist of shit happens good friends of the show great personal friend of ours as well she hasn't been living in winnipeg that long Okay, so she never got to experience the Albert. This was her first night. Oh my! Yeah, yeah. So she she called me up and said, "Hey, Snowy, I'm like." She actually reminded me of this Halloween in April show, and she's like, "I've never been to the Albert and all that. I'd really like it if you came down." Now I am there. I am so there. So basically, yeah, I. Gave her the grand tour of the room, just all the decorations, all the stickers, and all the old posters, and all that. It was an absolutely amazing time. Halloween in April. So, Snowy's back on. Remember how I, you were saying last last episode, you were saying when you went and saw Weed Eater and, and Henry Rollins, you were having a snowy week and all that? Oh, yeah. And I haven't had anything like that the past little while. Well, yeah, yeah, it's kind of back on. I definitely it's about time, dude. Again. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, let's get into some tunes here, but before we do that, um, I did hit the record shop. Oh, yeah. I found some cool stuff <clears throat> courtesy of the Ramones. Because I, I know you're, you're a big Ramones fan, and so sure am I. am, dude. I found this really unique book. It's a children's book. Okay, it's a children's picture book. And of course, the writing in it is very, very child level. And apparently, there is a series of books like this. But I found an unauthorized biography of the Ramones in the form of a children's book. 
<laughs> like the artwork in this. I've never heard of this. Yeah, I never even heard of this too until I actually saw it on on the shelf of this one store. I'm flipping through it right now. And I never even heard of it, but I saw it was only 10 bucks. Like it's a kid's book. It's quite the novelty. I've got to have it. So I picked that up earlier that day. Okay. Which was just this past Saturday as we speak. I found a really cool seven inch six song live EP from Joy Ramone and the Huntington's live at CBGB's. Okay, ba, 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 ba. performed live at CBGB September or December 1999, and it's it's just basically a um, EP of Joey doing some cool old Ramon song what songs. What was really cool about this is it's it, it, for a six song seven incher like the price was pretty hefty and i understand why okay i put it off i put it off i put it off and i finally said you know what splurge i think you you've 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 earned a joy ramon live ep regardless of the price when i showed mrs snowy and once again she reiterated something that she told me a while ago. Oh, oh, I'm, I've lost the connection. I don't know if you can hear no, me. No, I'm still not. here. I can hear you. Keep going. Well, what Mrs. Snowy said before in the past when it comes to record shopping or just anything, if you waited this long and it was still on the shelf, then you are destined to own it. That was <laughs> that was your record. Nice. <laughs> you had your your record on it. So so yeah, yeah. I, once again, she has the wise words. Um couple couple really cool records. I finally found a uh, secondhand copy of Iron Butterflies in Agata Devita. No. The album. Yeah, the album. I don't know why. Why I didn't own that a lot sooner and all that. Of course, it's the classic song. And Side 2 is the whole title track. My my aunt and uncle owned an original copy of that. Ah. I remember just looking at it as a kid. <laughs> like, wow. One of the cool things about... Um, about buying secondhand classic rock records or classic punk or metal and all that is they look like, well, they're secondhand. They've been used, they're used records, but they fit in your collection nicely with all of your used records. So when you buy that awesome older record, you can go, that's right, yeah, I had this record when I was 12. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah even though you bought it like last year. <laughs> that's kind of funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I grabbed that. I'm a I've just I've been enjoying and with with the resurgence of vinyl, okay? Yeah. People are people are more and more now. People are bringing all their old records, all those records that they had, you know, in the basement or in the attic. They're bringing them to the to the record shops and all that. And I am I'm making off like a bandit with these because I'm seeing 
a lot of remember those book and record sets oh yeah when we were kids the superheroes the raiders of the lost ark the star wars and all that i found three awesome awesome records okay that i had to make a special trip for because they uh the because the good folks at old gold vintage vintage vinyl was holding them for me well i had two of them waiting for me a wonder woman book and record set with two exciting stories which is which which is basically an audio adventure you know and you have the book with it and you read along with it like we did when we were kids I found one for Wonder Woman. I found one for Spider-Man. And in the late 70s, remember when the Muppet Show was a huge thing? Oh, yeah, dude. Okay, they also made some albums. Okay, of the characters singing and, you know, doing doing all their sticks. I found the Muppet Show album Volume 2. Oh, great stuff. I absolutely had to have that. Sometimes I think that some people might say that I suffer from it, but <laughs> I, I I don't. I don't think so. Sometimes I think that I'm just I'm I'm the poster child for the Peter Pan syndrome. You, you know what that is, right? It's when you when you just haven't grown up, even though you're fully you fledged in, in 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 into an adult like sometimes i think yeah yeah and you know what i really don't care these records are awesome well my what i love to do and all that is what i love to do regardless regardless of my age and you know what i'm never growing up forget it forget it i'm i'm at the the irony is okay once you become the uh, uh an old man that's when you get stubborn and you can't change your ways. I'm to the point now where I'm that stubborn old man and I can't change my way <laughs> at all. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to be 15 forever. Let's get on with some tunage here. A really cool um, record should be available now as you hear this courtesy of the new upstart label Metal warrior records the new record from the trad metal band sleepless host desecration came across my desk and it's it's exactly as what it is it's exactly what excuse me you might you might think old school traditional metal for a, a new generation so let's get into a track from that this is sleepless with the king who's not there.
drop some comeback kid in there, but I decided let's go way back. Let's go way back to the beginning of their extensive discography from their Turn It Around record. That was all in a year. And shout out, horns up to like to Comeback Kid, to Cancer Bats, like for really stepping it up this weekend putting on that putting on that extra show putting on that awesome show just in general a lot of fantastic stuff this weekend something else really that caught our attention and was really fantastic i have to say was the release of this new Netflix movie Metal Lords. And when that when that was announced, I said, okay, obviously this is something I want to see, you know. As the as we got closer to it, I saw a lot of stuff online where people were already starting to bash it for this, that, this, this, that, and another thing. But I have to admit, I actually enjoyed it, you know. And it's probably nothing that I should kind of be make it like a confession and all that, because um, when you go when you go through this and you do a deep dive into this movie, which we are going to do, honestly, I think it's something that everyone would really enjoy so before we get into this deep dive of metal lords we're going to give a little bit of a warning i think we're going to be spoiling the shit out of this. oh major spoilers yeah <laughs> major spoilers so what if you have not seen it and it's been it's been out on netflix for a couple weeks by now if you haven't seen it you most certainly should have pause this now Go and see it, and then come back. So, right now. Okay, dude. All right. So let let's let's start by kicking this off here. So, before we talk about Metal Lords, have you ever seen that thing you do? Yes. Okay. Yes. The what made that thing you do such a great movie, and for anyone who hasn't seen it, it's a Tom Hanks film in the '90s. It was about one-hit wonder bands in the '60s, mm-hmm. and what made it amazing was their attention to detail. Right, like, like the instruments, the clothing, every little bit was so much attention to detail. Tom Hanks himself helped write some of the songs in the movie. Um, all the actors that were band members actually learned how to play that song. So when you saw uh, them on camera, that was really them playing. Right? Yeah. And so okay. so like that that obsession, that level of attention of detail was what what really made that movie. So now let's fast forward. Let's talk about another metal movie we talked about, I think it was just last year, but we summoned the darkness. Oh, definitely. Right? Yes. So we love that movie, but we, we had some uh, complaints. I had some complaints because I felt like they could have done more and made it more 80s, especially since they shot it in Winnipeg. If they would have talked to you and your friends, like you guys could have made it look more realistic. 
Creative consultant. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and my beef was that just, you know, like the shirts were too new or they weren't quite exactly right for the time period, you know, like off by a year or two, just, just those little minor things that only you and I are going to see, you know? Right. Like anybody else who's just enjoying a horror movies and be like, yeah, you stupid metal guys, kill them, you know? <laughs> but we're like, what? You can't have that Megadeth shirt on. This is supposed to be this year. That didn't come out until 87, you know? like <laughs> Yes. You know, so, uh-huh. so that that's 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 our curse, right? So now let's fast forward to this movie, right? Metal Lords. And Metal Lords is about, you know, a couple kids in school that are basically the only two metalheads. And mm-hmm. honestly, I think that is the story of most metalheads. You know, most metalheads that are really, really into metal, there's only a handful of them. There's there's only two. That was going to be my very first point about this movie. Personally, totally relatable. Yeah. Now, when, when I was in high school, you know, in the mid-80s and all that, yeah, there were the hair metal fans. And some of those hair metal fans kind of branched out into a little bit of Metallica and, you know, maybe a little, little, bit, of Meg, little bit of Megadeth and all that. Some Anthrax. But there was really only two dyed-in-the-wool, underground, fuck yeah, the new Sodom album is out. Like, this is really, really underground Sodom. Okay. There was only two of us. Myself and my buddy Skid, who I've mentioned Skid on this show before. So when we saw, when we were introduced to the characters Hunter... The, the guitarist and yep. kind of the, the driving force of Skullfucker. <laughs> okay. and, and his cohort, Kevin, who is basically this movie is his story. Yeah. Uh, okay. I could totally relate because Hunter and Kevin, that was Snowy and Skid back then. Yeah. We just, while Skid played the guitar, I wasn't, I wasn't a musician, but we were definitely... We we were the outcasts like them, but I was still I don't know exactly how 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 to put it. I was all throughout high school. I was still able to maintain that balance, you know, with with some of the jocks because I played baseball and I I had knowledge of this this and this, you know, while I was still yeah kind of one of the outcasts. I could still, and I hate the word fit in, I I could assimilate myself into a variety of different social areas, unlike, unlike these two. But at the end of the day, I, I, I could, I could really relate. So that, that was issue that, that was point number one, just how relatable this movie is. Yeah. Like, so like I kind of had that, that same feeling and, I had it with the um, the mentor-mentee relationship where um, Hunter is really schooling Kevin in the finer points of metal. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, I, I had a couple older kids that helped me with that kind of stuff. And there's one particularly in my neighborhood because um, I was also like the only bass player in the entire school, like one or two. Um, 
And I remember like getting like the handwritten list and the cassette tape, like, no, listen to these songs. So like when, <laughs> when Hunter's, you know, giving Kevin like these lists of songs to, to play on the drums and, you know, he's going through and you just start see him start to get it. You know, mm. I'm like, oh yeah. Like I could, I could relate to that because I mean, that's how I felt when, um, the, the guitar players up the street for me gave me Kill 'em All to listen to on vinyl, and I heard uh-huh. uh, Anesthesia pulling teeth for the first time. Right. And I remember putting that on and just getting completely lost in it. <laughs> I'm like, wow. You know, so, so I really related to what Kevin was going through on the drums when he was listening to uh, Warpix, mm-hmm. you know, and figuring all that out at the beginning. Oh. Definitely, definitely. And when he he met his kindred spirit in Emily as as well and just the I way I love her character. Oh, oh my goodness. With the with yeah, with with the whole anger issues. Yeah. And metal really isn't her thing, but she was open minded enough to give it a listen and yeah. to give it a try and kind of do her own little Emily to it. Like what a great character and what a great spin and what a great idea. So what I love about that, right. Is Emily's a classical musician. And Mm -hmm. I remember having this conversation, trying to convince people. I'm like, no, really Mm -hmm. like make this violins. And it's still what you're listening to. Like if it's not heavy, disturbed guitars, it, it's exactly what you're listening to. Like, like you're you're not listening. You're 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 getting you're getting stuck by by the oh no, it's too jarring. Like, no, 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 like like really listen. And you know, and that was the great thing. Like to your point, is like she sat down, she listened, and the two when the two of them played War Breaks Together, dude, I got chills. Chills. I yes. had chills. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Especially when they when they were going out and doing it as a band. Yeah. Like it was just wow, wow. This this is what it's all about. And being you know veteran metalheads, like we know of bands that have cellos in them. Oh yeah, you know that have <clears throat> these unique instrumentations and song structures in them. So this is this is kind of second hat to us, but. There's a lot of people that are going to be watching. This could be like the introduction of metal to a new generation that hasn't discovered metal as an art form, but this is the Netflix generation. Exactly. And this is a good way to introduce, you know, people to metal where it's not it's it's not what your parents say say it is where it's just all and you know there it's the most versatile form you know it's the most versatile it's the most versatile genre of music because we have so many subgenres and they tried to kind of squeeze as much into skullfucker as they could and and it really worked and it really, it really worked did. yeah so yeah. let's talk about the level of detail they went to with this right <clears throat> okay um, and I'm going to come back to the gear because I can drool over the gear for days. Um, but I want to talk about what they did behind the scenes to get 
to get the detail in here. So let's start with who was on guitar, Mr. Steve Vai. Mm, like he was handling the. Yeah, he was doing. Um, he was. He was doing. They call him additional guitar services. Oh, okay. Right. So Steve I is helping in the background with guitar. Um, and then let's talk about the drums. So there were two different drummers that were instructing um, Kevin's uh, actor. Well, the actor played Kevin, Jaden Martell. Jaden Martell. Uh, how to yeah. play drums. Glenn Sobel, Alice Cooper's drummer. Mm-hmm. And then Spit Sticks. You know who Spit Sticks play with? <sighs> I'm going to feel like a knob. Fear. See? Ah! Okay. <laughs> so you've got two way street cred drummers um, going on there. Now, Glenn, Glenn's played with so many people, right? He he's just has an amazing resume when you, when you look him up. Um, but I want to I want to tie in Glenn tying into the cello here. So, do you remember me talking about a cellist I discovered on Instagram that has an album called Cello Metal? Mm-hmm. Uh, no, remind me. Okay, so there's this cello player. Her name's Tina Guo. Um, and I think, like, one of the first things she did was play on, like, something with Smashing Pumpkins. So she's classically trained, bridges the rock genre a lot, and really kind of goes back and forth really easy. So she has an electric cello. She, you know, runs it through effects pedals and does distortion, and she's covered rain and blood, and it's phenomenal. Right. Like cello metal is a fantastic record. And as I'm watching this movie and I'm listening to this cellist play metal and I'm watching the way she's moving, I'm like, man, like I wonder if they've watched Tina Guo, you know, and, and I do want to mm. point out that like I ignored Tina for the longest time because you know how ne- uh, not Netflix Instagram. Instagram will like suggest things like, oh, you should check out this person in your feed occasionally. Mm-hmm. And I would see this girl in Daisy Dukes spinning a cello around and doing like the little like goofy smile. I'm like, whatever. And I typically have my sound off on my Instagram. I'm not listening. I'm just like, okay, great. I'm like, so now somebody thinks that the way to, um, to, to get likes is to dance around sexy with a cello. Like, cause I, I've been the guy who was, always like anti the booth babes at the guitar shows. I'm like, mm-hmm. if you're going to put a, a, a guitar in the hands of a hot girl, she better be able to fucking play. Right. Right. Otherwise, like I have no time for this, right? Like that's not why I'm here. Mm-hmm. So, um, one time I'm scrolling through and my sound was on and I hear what she's playing. I'm like, Oh, holy fuck. I'm like, she's really good. And then that's how I discovered her. And, and you know, I, I become a fan. And, you know, she, I mean, dude, she plays with Hans Zimmer. She tours with Hans Zimmer. Like, she's, oh, wow. Oh, she is insane with her level of skill, right? Okay. But I'm watching the way that Isis, the actress, you know, playing, um, oh, what's the, what's her character name? Emily. Emily. Emily, thank you. Um, especially when Emily takes the stage in her metal outfit at the end. <laughs> and I'm like, wow, she's moving exactly like Tina Guo. I'm like, I wonder if you know they they found her on Instagram, but they follow her. 
Well, the credits, Tina Guo is the performance consultant for the soloist of electric cello. Wow. Okay, cool. Yeah, and, and she also did the electric cello parts, which completely makes sense because, uh, as I've stated, she has an album called Cello Metal. And um, Glenn Sobel played with Tina, I believe, on that album. So they've worked together before. So okay, cool. just the the pedigree of musicians involved in this, right? Like, and we haven't even gotten to the part that um, Tom Morello is the executive producer. Yeah, see, that was one of the things that um, the the internet, the internet community, were like, oh, Morello. Okay, I'm out. Okay, you know, I love that everybody loves to hate Morello. Like right. one of the one of the former co-hosts of this show, um, your your first partner in crime, Mister Psycho. Mm-hmm. I remember posting something about Morello where I was gushing over him, and he's like, "Oh, he's just a noisemaker. He's not really doing anything." And I'm like, "Yeah, you have no idea what he's really doing, do you?" He's yeah, yeah like that's... you really don't get the level of musician that he is. Like Morello's a fucking shredder. You can't even really tell sometimes with the first Rage record, he's doing some shit on the axe. Doesn't even sound like a guitar. Yeah. And to me, that's impressive. But it's it's the level of creativity, and you have to have chops to pull oh, off what he's good. doing the mm-hmm. way he's doing it. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of stuff you can get away with being okay if you have the right effects, but not the way he's doing it. <laughs> <laughs> not the way he's doing it so like you know when morello's in there i'm like oh i'm on board because the, th- the thing like and again they every, tom morello just takes so much shit he's like he's everybody's favorite punching bag i think because they don't know how to handle him right because one he's in an, a very outspoken political band rage against the machine definitely right? he's yes. very outspoken but he's also not stupid Right, like he's not the traditional, like like what people would expect him to to be, you know, stumbling over his words. Where he's very well spoken. He went to Harvard. He studied political science. Like he has actually worked in Washington. Like he has the background, the pedigree to talk about these things. Right. So oh, he's got that experience. He's got the metal chops. Right. He is a shredder. He can play Ingve. He played, I can't remember what his band was, but I mean, he toured the country in another metal band. And then this was something totally different they came together to do. But at, at the end of the day, he loves metal. Like, he really yeah. loves metal. And he well, talks about sure. it. Like, he introduced Kiss for their um, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame introduction. And you could just see the genuine joy of him being a mm-hmm. 12-year-old kid again, you know? So, yeah, like, like people really need to just back off, Tom, because he's a badass. He's earned his street cred, and anyone who's bitching about him has definitely not done, like, mm-hmm. even, mm-hmm. like, an eighth of what Tom has done. You That's, know? That, well, that, that comes from a lot of elitists, and another point that I had with, with, with this movie is just, like, Hunter, okay? Yeah. He came across as one of those metal elitists. Yes. Which, which but 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 it was kind of weird because as what how how we know elitists okay 
really aren't Pantera fans. Elitists aren't Anthrax fans. Elitists aren't Rage Against the Machine fans, okay? You know, metal elitists. And I, I honestly think that's the angle they were going with. Yes. Or with, with the character, with, with the hunter, it, it, it didn't jive because metal elitists are all come on. Yeah. You know? Well, and I think, and, I think that was the he point. He had the open mindedness. Yeah. yeah perhaps, well, like yeah. they're trying to kind of like poke holes in, 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 in every metal stereotype. Right, like the elitist, like they're poking fun of the the elitist, almost like, uh, hey, you know, you guys are kind of dumb because uh, you're missing out on this stuff, you know. And so let, let's talk about um, the actor that played um, no Hunter here. So Adrian Greensmith. Greensmith, yeah. Okay, so from the minute he hit camera, I got, um, and I am going to butcher this. Uh, hang on, let me let me let me look this up here in my IMDb here real quick, because I, okay. I, I don't I don't want to screw this up. Yes, IMDb is your friend. Folks. It is, it is. Unless I because I, I, I want to make sure I had everything, all the credits and stuff right. That's why I've been pulling everything up today. Okay, so, um, I screw this up. Judd Nelson as John Bender in The Breakfast Club. Okay. I totally see the John Bender character in the way that. Uh, Adrian's delivering Hunter. Yeah, yeah. Now that you, yeah. Think about the way that he speaks, the way he enunciates, the way he yes. phrases. I can see that. Yeah. Now, now that you mentioned it and kind of bring it up, yeah, I can kind of see it. Yeah, like there's definitely there, there, there. Just some, some little, you know, Breakfast Club. Very, very subtle, but definitely some callbacks to Breakfast Club. You know, just, just in the Joe Nelson thing. That's um, that's just because the Breakfast Club was such an influential film oh, when it comes to dealing with teens. Yeah. That that and Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Yes. There's always going to be a lot of subliminal influences from from those from from those the, those two films. And if you do a deep dive, even a teen a teen movie like Scream, I'm sure you'll find some some Breakfast Club. Yeah, nuances in in there as well. Good point. Yeah, good good one. Now, what's your take on the fact that uh, Hunter is completely straight edge? Um, I I dug it. I did. I dug it. I didn't completely buy it. Okay, but I loved that they de- they decided to go that way. And not take the easy route because metalheads are stereotyped. Oh yeah, really badly. And the whole time, growing up in the eighties as a metalhead and a punk and all that, seeing all the, all the stereotypes and all that, because, like I said earlier in the conversation, because I was able to integrate myself in amongst the jocks and the preps and every other, you know, so social class. I saw, okay, everything that metalheads are are accused of, I saw that in all the other social classes as well. Okay, so when I saw, like, Hunter was focused on music and not drugs, not alcohol, not, you know, nailing chicks. Yeah. 
you know, okay, I I appreciated that. I appreciated that for sure. For, for, for sure. Sometimes though, when you are a straight edge, I do want as part a small small part of me because being a hardcore fan, I love the straight edge scene. I've drank lots of Jack Daniels to hard to straight edge records. Okay. <laughs> I, uh, okay. That's almost a sacrilege. Like, like I, I, I feel I, like, I, like Snowy. Uh, if you go to hell, that's gonna be that's gonna be the nail. That's, that's, that's gonna be what did it. But <laughs> I appreciate that. I appreciate that. I've never said to a straight edge kid, "Let me buy you a drink." When I see those X's, yeah. Okay. You do you. Good for you. Well, yeah, and that's just it. You know. Right on. Right on. Yeah. And, and that's the thing is that, like, I, I think there's a little bit of a nod towards that because Hunter, no, I'm sorry, not Hunter, Kevin, Kevin's trying to fit in, right? And he's trying right. to figure stuff out because, because Kevin's, I, Hunter was kind of forced to figure stuff out, like going through like his parents' divorce. Uh-huh. And then you see Kevin just trying to like, well, what do I do here? Like, how, how can I blend in and fit in with people and you know oh, let's go to this party and so he's he wants to go to the party he wants to meet girls he's going it it's really also coming of age sort of like the awkwardness of being a teenager right it like, really was yes that was gonna be another one of my points as well coming of age yeah mm-hmm. you know and and so so kevin's the one who's getting drunk and figuring that stuff out and I love the fact that Hunter's like, he's like, give me your keys. I'm taking you home. I'm taking you home right yeah. after this. Yeah. 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 And, and, yeah. and it's just like, like it's, it, it was never like, oh, you drunk fuck or whatever. Like, because they had the, the drummer, of the other band that was like in rehab. Yeah. And, and it, it was never like that. You never had that kind of judgment coming from Hunter. Mm-hmm. Well, except I guess he did make a comment about they're just so high. They didn't know what they were playing. That was pretty funny. <laughs> you know? Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. I I just remembered Kevin's statement of, "I'm talking to a girl and I'm not even afraid of her." Beer is amazing. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, and then he pukes on himself right before they leave. That was great. That's right. That's right. And that 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 I can relate to puking because well that too. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Trust me, Heinz. No. Yeah. Uh, I've decorated We've the back. We've been there. Place. I get yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. But all throughout high school, like, I just, I wasn't a ladies man. I wasn't that guy that was good with the chicks and all that. Because maybe because I had, I had respect for girls, maybe a little too much. And that didn't help in other areas. And all that. So I, I, I could really like, like, okay, as a hardcore metalhead and punk, I'm like, okay, what, what do I say to this normie girl? You got the new Destruction record? Like, that's not going to help. Like, <laughs> like this you know. is where being a Kiss fan really helped me. It did. I'm no, I have no, I have no doubt about that. And while I was a Kiss fan, I didn't exactly <laughs> utilize that. But I, I have no, I have, I have no, I have no regrets because I met Mrs. Snowy and yeah. you know in high school. And if because okay, I'm, I have naturally blonde curly hair. Okay, 
and I really looked like a boy band. Like, like if 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 I really tried and went all preppy, like I would be. Sw- I don't want to use this expression, but I would be swimming in pussy all. Yeah. <laughs> like, like I, I would just say that. I, I know, I oh. know. But oh my goodness! I, I never I, thought I, I'd I, hear those words said on this show. I think it's it's kind of appropriate to use that language because that's the type of people, yeah that 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 would that would be using it. Now, if I was that guy, okay, I never would have met Mrs. Snowy. I wouldn't yeah. have the amazing daughter that I have today, and my life, you know, I can begin to imagine what my life would be like. Now, imagine if Kevin. Uh, okay, was like one of those dumb jocks. Yes. Okay. Which Emily, he almost was never, in the hot tub. Well, he was, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay, and I'm sure you're going to get to that. Oh, later. absolutely. Love As that scene. well. Emily would never have looked at him twice. Yeah. Okay, and I'm just, I'm so glad, you know, that he is the person that he was because honestly, Emily is a girl that I would have gone for in high school while. Oh, yeah. You know, yes. You know. Yeah. Oh, but for sure. For my sure. biggest crushes in high school were other musicians. Oh, uh, I get like, like when I, when I would meet like, a, like another girl that was like, like a killer musician, whether it was a singer, pianist, whatever instrument, I was like, I was in love. It's like, oh, yeah, there we go. Because <laughs> like I. You know, and we talked about this as much as I love metal and, you know, and I had the hair and the bass and all that sort of stuff, but I also play trombone and I just love music. Like you can make metal on pretty much anything as they demonstrated in this movie, <laughs> you know, <laughs> for sure. No, it's just no, all, it's sure. just all how, how you write it. Right. So, mm-hmm. all right, let's talk a little bit more about Hunter. So, um, we have the scene where they scalp him, so to speak, right? The, the, oh, the bullies get his hair and they cut it, but then he shaves the side and he has a very pointy guitar. And I wanted to ask you being the expert here, was that a nod towards Chuck Schuldner of death? Uh, what, did, not- did he have like the shaved, shaved head, long hair thing like that? No, if anything, it would have been um, Phil Anselmo from Pantera. Well, so I thought about that, but like I, like it was the pointy guitar, and that's why I was wondering, like, did did Chuck ever do anything like that? Because I I know there I didn't was, see it. I didn't see that. No, there there were a few people that that did that sort of haircut, you know, like towards the end of the eighties kind of thing. Um. But just it, and again, because I'm I'm the guitar nerd here, right? Like like the pointy guitar, even though it wasn't a BC Rich, which is what Chuck would have played, it was a Jackson. Just the 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 shape and the, the way I'm like, oh, is that what they're going for? Like, yeah, like I was really digging that. So, yeah, that was something. All right, <clears throat> let's talk about uh, Kevin's journey as a drummer. Mm-hmm. Right, starts out. Like, I love when they're first playing together and it's just noise. He's just hitting stuff. There's no, no, any uh-huh. semblance of any kind of rhythm or even understanding what he's doing. He's like, these are my drums. They're Hunter's drums. He's like, 
I play a drum in the marching band to get out of PE. A drum, yes, you know? yes. I thought that was very poignant when he went. I play a drum, yeah. to, to get out of phys ed. Yeah, but the the funny part is, is one. I want to know what school lets you take marching band to get out of the gym because mm-hmm. I had to do both. Damn it. Uh-huh. Um, but two, like all the best drummers play in the marching band. Oh yeah, all course. the best drummers, and it's because. They had an impeccable sense of time because you had to, because you had to be able to walk and chew gum, so to speak, right? You're you're walking, you're playing drums, you are doing very complicated, complex rhythms. Even if it's only one drum, it is Mm -hmm. very complex. There's a lot going on and you're doing all that while you're walking around in a formation on the field, you know? I mean, it, it depends on the type of band because there, there are some bands that, that wuss out, we'll say, where they, they march out and they stand in um, a big formation and then they, you know, march and make another formation. Then they stand and play like my band director. Uh, I, I, I love him. Right. Like, like, like I'm sure he hated me at the time <laughs> but he you know and i and i've said this publicly on facebook and, and called him out in the message and stuff but just i would not be the musician i am today without what he did you know and without what, what his assistant did before that just, just they shaped me as a musician and you know just the stuff in, in marching man i mean we didn't play it safe. Like we did moving patterns. We did things that were fast, that were slow, and we did stuff where we were crisscross. And I have a trombone, and a trombone has a sliding tube. So if I am not aimed the right direction, I'm going to impale somebody, you know? And so you got to watch for that, and you got to watch for collisions. And so there's so much going on when you're in a marching band, and that's where the best drummers come from because. If you really sit and listen to the marching band drums, those are some heavy drums. Like oh, that's yeah. some heavy, oh, sure. heavy drumming, right? Yeah. So you see him start to get it. And I love, I absolutely love that they had him listening to War Pigs because the feel and the swing that Bill Ward has as a drummer. And mm. just as he gets it, and then you know, you see it start to click, and that da da to do to and and he's playing it. And then, like later, I think it's also a thing as a testament to you know the metal drummer because, um, the other band I can't remember who they are, Molly Coddle is that the band? Molly Coddle, yeah. yeah. Um, the guy that comes up to him, he's like, Hey, he's like, it'll take you like 10 minutes to learn our entire set. Come on, you can you you can play this this Saturday, and and he does, and uh, and obviously he's killing it. He's he's rock steady, and he's just killing it. You know when they do that, and I I think that I I really appreciated seeing that because you know Hunter as phenomenal as guitarist as they're making him out to be, especially at that age. Um, that is still there's still so much male bravado we'll say that that mm-hmm. goes in into some of that and you know like like i don't think the metal guitarists get the respect that they need to get but to to show the level of musicianship that you know this kid goes from like oh he can play marching band so he can play a very traditional style of music he can play metal he can play pop he can do anything because he's that great of a musician and you have to be that great of a musician to play metal. Like at least oh, metal drums, sure. you know. 
that 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 was one of the things that I appreciated, and I have no doubt that this was Tom Morello's input. Okay, where they showed that to be like a metal drummer, a metal musician, you had to have you had in in terms of talent, you had to go above and beyond because yeah. Kevin Kevin's talent was way beyond Molly Coddle. Yes. And, Mo- and the, the dude from, Mo- from Molly Coddle said, okay, with what we do is, you know, is nothing compared to what you do. You'll pick it up inst- it instantly. Yeah. And I remember, okay, as a teenager and in high school, okay, and, you know, while I was never in the business or anything like that, I had a better grasp on on music than the average prep, the average preppy kid did. And I had so many preppy kids telling me that their new wave pop band, OK, was so much more talented than Dave Mustaine was. Oh, yeah. OK. And it's it's like, OK, there's no way that I I can explain this to you why you are so full of shit. Okay, yes, your new wave pop bands, what they do, they're good for what they do, but they are no way are they on Dave Mustaine, Ingve Malmsteen, Steve Vai. There's no way, just in terms of musicianship and overall talent, there's no way they are on the same level because because the the preps and the jocks all they saw is well this band sells millions of records right so they must be talented right uh, okay that's what the record company wants you to believe and you're getting sucked right into it there chad <laughs> okay that's not you know, well, if you're a music connoisseur, yeah, you would definitely you would you would definitely see it. So I definitely I I, I appreciated that for sure. I I want to ask you though, yeah, okay, when they brought up the fact that Emily and Kevin were both doing the marching band to get out of Fazed, how how were you with gym class? Um, I attended it. You know, I so. I almost failed gym, but here's why. Okay. I dressed for every single gym class. I participated. Right. I played sports. I w- didn't suck. I almost failed because I couldn't pass the written test. What? A I, written test in gym class? Yeah, you had to know the rules for every sport. And they they they'd be all these these things. So like so the jocks actually like passed that. And I honestly think they did it for the jocks because most of the time they didn't want to dress because they had they had to rest for the game, you know that they uh, were going to fucking lose anyway. Because I've right, covered this yes, that my yes. you know football team never ever won a game. The 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 culture of high school and college sports in yeah. America is very different than in U.S. or than in Canada. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, the the reason why I asked this, yeah. okay, in in high school, okay, and I'm going to share a little story here, and I 
hope I don't embarrass little Snowy, my daughter. Okay, <laughs> okay. I'm gonna share. I'm gonna share this story here. Okay, in high school, when you have three absences, they make a phone call to the parents. Your child missed these three. You know, these she has three absences on her record for this course. I got a phone call. Okay, this one time from my daughter's gym teacher. Well, little Snowy has three absences. Mm, okay, I wasn't aware of that. But I remember when I was a teenager, and trust me, I blew off a hell of a lot of math classes. But I'll talk to her. Okay, fine. I asked her. Okay, um, I got a call from your phys ed teacher that you have three absences. What's what's going on here? And she gave me the reason, and okay, I kind of get it. But I'm like, uh, phys ed's gym, phys ed, do you, do you call right. it phys ed in, in America? Uh, it depends on the day. It's, it's physical education, it's phys ed, right. it's gym class. It just depends oh, okay. on, on what the mood is. I always saw Jim Fazed as an easy credit. Okay. Because I did sports. Really, all you got to do... Okay, obviously, it's different, as you just enlightened me. Yeah. It's different, it's different in, in the U.S., but in, in Canada, basically, if you show up dressed in your shorts and shirt, okay, and you make it look like you care... Okay, you make it look like you're trying to participate, like you're you're going to get a credit. You're going to pass. And while my daughter, yes, she did pass, there were just times where she just it was the Fazed was the first thing that day and she just didn't want to do the bullshit because she's not an athlete. So okay. did she just skip the class altogether? There were there were times where she just she just blew off his ed class. So we really couldn't get away with that in my high school. Um, like if you didn't show up and you were at school, they were looking for you. They were looking for you. Okay, that would never happen. No, they wouldn't. You know, uh, there are times I blew off class and I was hanging out in the cafeteria and then. When the bell rang, all of a sudden, that the, the teacher from that class came downstairs, you know, Snowy, I noticed you weren't in class today, but you are here. <laughs> like, I don't understand. Uh, yeah, sorry. You know, okay. <laughs> oh, dude. My, my whole point with all of this, and yeah. I, I thought of that when Kevin and, and Emily said, you know, I did it to get out of phys ed class. I was like, but it's an easy, it's an easy credit. Yeah. It's an easy course. All you have to do is show up, pretend you care. Like, why? Why? But as you, like I said, as you just said, obviously the culture of phys ed class is very different. If you've ever seen Freaks and Geeks, like, they well, have a gym class in there. Okay. Right? And that 
that's a very good representation of what gym class was like in the 80s. Ah. You know, because because they would very much let the jocks pick on the nerds. Mm. Like it would be very unbalanced, you know. Okay, that that would not fly with me. There there were times when we would like um play softball for that particular day and of course whoever is going to be captains and I volunteered to be a captain some jock volunteered to be another we were we were going to play softball I intentionally picked the outcasts the burnouts the girls well the <laughs> jocks okay yeah well, of course you picked the girls Joey well, I saw that okay well, rhyme and reason rhyme and reason <laughs> I okay. know Okay, yeah. the jock would pick all of his buddies and all of that, course. but they they all played hockey. Okay, they all they all played football. Softball, baseball isn't a you know we have the Toronto Blue Jays and we have some minor league teams and all that, but baseball isn't a huge thing in Canada, but it's a huge thing in Snowy's life. So I I would pick all the freaks, geeks, and the girls. The jocks, you know, would because I know how the jock mind works. Yeah. Okay. It ended up Snowy's freaks and geeks versus the jocks, and of course the jocks think, yeah, we got this. We're gonna win. We got this in the bag, you know, because those are just freaks and geeks, and all that. Well, they found out in a hurry. Okay. That baseball and hockey are two very different things. All <laughs> yeah. I all I said to my girls and geeks is get on base. Just get on base because I will bring you home. Okay, because <laughs> okay, it's softball. I play fastball. I've played baseball all my life. Softball is a joke, okay, to me at that time. Dude. <laughs> We kicked the holy hell out of the jocks just because they were arrogant, they were cocky, they thought we couldn't play, and basically the freaks, the geeks, and the girls just wanted to show them up more, and we did. And that will always be one of my special memories of Can high I school. Just tell you how much I love the fact that you were playing Moneyball before Moneyball was a thing. Moneyball, what is that? So, okay, and I'm I'm gonna butcher it, but um, it, it was it's it's a book that was written about the Oakland A's, and it's it's a true story, right? Okay. And um, I can't remember the the manager for the Oakland A's, like, and I'm sorry, but um, when they made the movie Moneyball, Brad Pitt played him. Um, oh. oh, oh, okay, all right, all right. So you you know what I'm talking about. And essentially, I, I haven't seen it, but I kind of know. Yes. Okay. So the premise of Moneyball is rather than get like these huge money, talented, um, you know, what 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 the industry at the time perceived as is the baseball talent, they started focusing on people that knew how to get on base. Right. And so with spending less money than everybody else, they were winning more games. Mm -hmm. You know, and then the rest of the, the league caught on. They're like, oh, hell, we need to start playing like this. You know, that's right. All right. There's there's nine people on the on the baseball field, not just one guy. Yeah. Yeah. 
Oh, for sure, for sure. Yeah, well, so right on. You're right playing on. Moneyball ahead of time, yeah. And, and it, I was. It, it, if um, Moneyball is a, is a good read, if anybody wants to read like about sports statistics and things like that, like it's it's an interesting read. Like I've, I've read it; it's a pretty good book. You know. Right on. Oh, okay. Sorry, monopolize some time there. What else you got? No, man. That's that's that. This is all good stuff. So, let let's talk about the hot tub scene, right? So, well. Did did, yeah. did the hot tub scene come before or after the goblin cock scene? You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I'm not sure. That was kind of what it was before. Okay, so so yeah. Kevin brings Emily to Hunter and says, Hey, I think she could be in our band. And I cringed <laughs> when he said this. He's like you can't have a girl in the band. That's gay. Yeah, yeah. You can't have a cello in the band. That's gay. Yeah. I went. Oh my god. Yes, I, I was just like dying inside. Oh, I'm like, oh my god. But oh. then they pan around the room to the Goblin Cock poster. Goblin to, Cock. Judas um, Priest. Man yes, of War. All of those. Oh my god. When when I was a kid, huge Man of War fan, and yeah. I still kind of respect them. And I'll I'll crank some Man of War. You know, oh, yeah. Man of War kills. I never saw it. You know, yeah, it's like not that I'm saying that any members of Man of War are homosexual or anything, but I never saw that imagery as such. And I no yeah. one ever saw the same thing with Rob Halford in no. his bondage gear and all that. We never saw that. We no. thought he was never swimming once. in pussy, Dude, you know, but he wasn't. I love the Police Academy movies. And the Blue Oyster never drew the connection between the Blue Oyster and Rob Halford. Never once. Blue Oyster Club, yeah. 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 Never once. No, for sure. But so then, so they do that, right? And then they go on, and this is when I thought of you. Like you were, it, it's like somebody had interviewed you and they told Hunter, do this, right? Because it was like, like it was time to you. He's like, well, what about, um, what, what what was he saying? He's like, what about Joan Jett? And he's like, well, what about the Runaways? That's still Joan Jett. That's that's still Joan Jett. Yeah. yeah. And he's like, well, yeah. what about Lita Ford? That's the Runaways. That's <laughs> you know? the Runaways. Yeah. It was great. Okay, but <laughs> for for Hunter's knowledge, he he really should have known Joe Bench from Bolt Thrower. He really should have known Nightwish, Lee's Eyes. The great cat, like yes. he, yes, yeah. So that I think, I think they kind of, well, we'll not mention that just so we can make a point. Exactly here. right, and and I think here. they made the yeah. point like, okay, like you know, saying that anything like that is gay or whatever, that oh, this can't be metal is just stupid. Yeah, you know, and 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 that was really, really, really great. Um, because then, then especially like you know, because they had Rob Halford's picture on the wall. Well, then cut to the hot tub scene. So Kevin meets up with the girl that, you know, he talked to before and she talks about like, I've never seen you when you're not drunk. Um, and <laughs> they start to make out in the hot tub and Kevin's like, Oh crap. You know, have, have a moment. Like what about Emily? Mm-hmm. And I lost it when he's picturing in his mind, Scott Ian, Tom Morello, 
Kirk Hammett and Kirk, Rob Halford. Our favorite Beatle, yeah. All four of them are standing around him in the in hot tub, basically talking to him. And and he's like looking so drunk. He's like, a year ago, I didn't know who any of these people are. And now they're in my head t- telling me, giving uh-huh. me advice. Oh, trust me. All these guys are in my head today. Yeah. You know, like, like, what, what would Scott do? What would, it was great. And what would Rob do? Because of the age of these guys, I absolutely love that they played on the, the old Bugs Bunny cartoon, devil on one shoulder, angel on the other shoulder. Oh, definitely. Oh, it's great. Yes. Yeah. And (laughs) having Rob Halford be the angel. (laughs) Uh-huh. Because he's he is arguably the most metal looking out of all of them. I mean, because he's in full Halford gear. Like he's oh, in yeah. his full stage gear. And and it's just like he's like, Kevin, if you love her, don't be an asshole. You know, mm-hmm. like, oh, way to go, Rob. You know, it's great. Uh, yeah. I've I've actually lived that advice that Rob was given because the only like I met Mrs. Snowy in high school. Yeah. She was my first girlfriend, the first person that I ever was intimate with, and my only real relationship. And it's 33 years now. Okay, and I've had a lot of people over the years, what, you've only bagged one babe? Just to use an expression that I really don't like. Uh, Okay, it's like, well, that's just the way it worked out like i i met her when i was young and we just never split and we we grew up together basically and like we are still together and i couldn't imagine okay being with anyone else okay in a relationship or sexually or mentally or anything and i really hope you know, 30 years from now, Kevin and Emily are still together because I really think that's a, though those, they have the same bond. Yeah. Oh, okay. And it was, it was, it's just weird. Okay. When I was younger and I would have those people, what you only slept with one girl. Now though, that I've been with her for over 30 years, I still even have younger people say to me, Oh, that's awesome. Man, I wish I would really like a relationship that you and Mrs. Snowy have. And all that. And it's like, well, you know what? I didn't even put any effort into it. I just I just did it. <laughs> you know, it's it's really it really wasn't that hard. Like I just I just met someone amazing and I made sure that she was with me. All throughout my life, because like like I said, I, I I hope decades from now, Kevin and Emily are still that that couple. Oh, likewise, because I I I love what they did there with the dynamic of those two, right? Mm-hmm. And coming coming back to like what I said earlier about always being attracted to musicians and things, just that's really kind of what drew Emily over. Cause you know, he handed the metal stuff, played it. She's kind of like, eh, but then she's listening to him play and you can tell she respects him as a musician, you know, mm-hmm. and that that's where, where the curiosity comes from. Um, I had another point I was going to make somewhere in there. 
with the musical side, and I have totally lost it. (laughs) Um, Because we are going to have to wrap this up. I got to go to bed at some point tonight. um, (laughs) I was a little afraid of that. It's like, yeah, if we do a little too deep into this, it's going to be four o'clock in the morning. It was just such a fun movie. Oh, okay. So let's talk about when Emily loses her shit on Hunter when he gives the speech. Oh, that that was such a creative speech. The speech and was what, fantastic until he targeted her. And then and then I would. Yeah. And then I kind of was disappointed where it's like, OK, though, this makes a good school project. I'm really digging what yeah. they're doing. I really don't buy the fact that the teenager or the uh, teacher's allowing his amp into class. Oh, yeah. And that she didn't notice it. <laughs> she didn't notice yeah. it and all that. But, yeah, once once he started to direct that vitriol towards Emily, I'm like, dude, what are you doing? But You're, when she you know, lost Emily's it. going to be pissed. When she yeah, just lost it on him and essentially takes him out, I'm just like, oh, what a woman. <laughs> That's you know, right. like, like back to uh-huh. like what, what you've said before, if a woman hits you, it's foreplay, you know, <laughs> no, not this like time, no. when, when I just watched her just lose it, it's like, okay, like, like, but again, like, like, and, and Kevin even, no, not Kevin Hunter comes back and says it later. He's like, you are so metal, right? So metal. Yes. Because she is, she's uh-huh. just as metal as it gets. Yeah. And it's like, and that's- oh yeah. That's when you saw the the maturity and the growth that Hunter had. In yes, just, just just that short period where he went from the metal elitist to hey, you know what? You've got it going on. Yeah, you you've you've definitely got it going on. One of my points that I yeah. want to make because yeah, we're gonna get into some tunes. We're gonna wrap this up, and we haven't we've. There's just so much about this movie, and we're looking at the clock. There is still so much I want to talk about. It's so good. I totally understand. Right at the beginning, okay, or right right at the end, the beginning of the Battle of the Bands, okay, when Emily says, no, no, I can't do that, they're at the Battle of the Bands, and Molly Cottle has played. They're waiting, you know, they're waiting for skull fucker right to come on she walks in emily walks in all decked out in the metal gear and she's got her cello and all that that was a total a metal homage to the end of greece yeah that is a really good good parallel there yeah yeah when olivia newton john when sandra d showed up and she had the leather jacket on and she had a cigarette and she was in the heels and the leather pants and hey what are you doing stud yeah and all that this that was the metal version of greece of 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 Sandra D at at that point, and I marked out for that. I'm yeah. like, oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> I totally, I totally get that. That song, Machinery of Torment. Oh yeah. Uh, okay, that could be a Morbid Angel song, like like with that with that title. That could be a Hate Eternal. There are just so many bands. With that title and like and that that sound that could have been like 
some some band has to cover that song has to really bring that song to life no so like it, a, it, it is available band. as a single on like itunes and spotify okay oh well, i'm buying that tonight because i was trying to find the um <laughs> the thing but they have it out there yeah so oh, okay good how about when i like i love when kevin breaks hunter out of the rehab facility <laughs> yes 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 and the doctor yes okay um troy nicks troy nicks yeah troy nicks who was uh, yeah yeah like he was in the band yeah killer tongue killer tongue who was yeah who was a you know a big hero hero of hunter and all that what I really appreciated that whole time when when the doctor was interviewing Hunter, he said, do you do drugs? No. Nope. Do you drink? No. Nope. Do you do this? No, 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 no. Why are you here? Right. <laughs> you know, I, I don't understand why you're here. Yeah. That, that, that hearkened me back to the whole back in control. Um, okay. That, that the PMRC tried to get off. Yes. You know, where the the idea of back in control back back in the mid mid eighties, and it never really took off because I think cooler heads prevailed. But the Washington wives, Tipsy Gore, and all of her buddies and all that, they tried to get this back in this thing called back in control, where you can send your metal punk hardcore goth kid. To D metal, D punk, oh, yeah. D D D god, and wow, that was fucked up. Like I actually thought, okay, like it's 1984 here, George Orwellian shit yeah. here. Like this is some major conformity shit. Fortunately, that never happened. I honestly think, and this is the level of create creativity and thought that went into this movie. I thought the whole thing of putting Hunter into the wellness center was a acknowledgement of back in control. Well, from, that, from I think just the overall stereotype that if you have long hair and you play metal, that you're obviously doing drugs. You're doing drugs, you're drinking, or you have yeah. some sort of mental... There's something wrong with you. There's There's something wrong with you. But what one of my points here is Hunter totally embraced his friendship with that special needs. Oh, I love that. Yeah. For sure. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just like, where, where are you getting this from? Oh yeah. You're getting this from because he loves metal, which is something that yeah. I could totally relate to. Well, I really related that to that because that was me. I was clean. Like I wasn't the, I wasn't the kid who was doing drugs. The kids that were selling the drugs in my school were the preppy kids. Were the jocks. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and I'm in once a week because I spoke my mind. And so I must be on drugs because why would I ever spe speak against um, the <laughs> stupid thing they're talking about unless I was mm -hmm. on drugs? You and must be. Coming must back be. to what you said about the whole conformity thing. So, yeah, yeah, like that, that one really struck a chord with me. Thankfully, I never had to go to anything like that. 
But yeah, yeah, but but like when they break him out and then like talking about Hunter's growth, you know, when 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 <laughs> I love also when when Dr. Nix is like yeah, the board always takes my uh, recommendation. I scare the shit out of them. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> uh-huh. I love yeah. that. But then, like, you know, they're driving in um in whoever's car. And um, Hunter says to Kevin, he's like, you deserve a better best friend. And he's like, probably, but you're the one I got. <laughs> yeah, the one I got. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. Uh, so good. Absolutely. Sure. Yeah. I would okay. really like to see a sequel five years in the future to see exactly where all of these characters are in life after high school and with yeah. the band and all of that good stuff. Um Maybe we should get into was do you have did you have any more points? I oh there we could literally keep going, but we need oh. to call it here because oh, I've got to okay. go to bed, dude. Okay. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. One of the things okay that I definitely took away from this movie is I gotta say hello and horns up to like to to Netflix, like the way they handled this film. Okay. And the way they presented the movie Moxie as well. Okay. You will, will call. We've, I've talked about that movie on this show with, um, it was the whole right girl movie. Oh yeah. No. Okay. Now between Moxie and metal Lords. Okay. If you're one of those metal heads or punks or just people that appreciate aggressive music, but if you're significant other, not so much. Not it's not really their thing. The this movie, Moxie, okay. This is a good date night movie. Okay, like both of them together would be a good double feature for a date night movie to okay, like you're a metal fan, you're a punk fan. You really want to watch a really cool movie, but maybe your significant other doesn't want to watch Deathgasm, <laughs> you know, <laughs> say, yeah. which is basically a metal version of Evil Dead. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Maybe they might not want to do that, but this movie, Moxie, together, good double feature date night movie for someone who's just not you know, full on in, in, into the aggressive music. And I'm sure at some point, the next time I watch Metal Lords, the next time I watch Moxie, that's exactly what Mrs. Snowy and I will do. We'll pour a cup of true Cavalt coffee. I might have a couple Lemmys as well. And, and that's what we'll do. That's, that's my takeaway from this movie i real i really think it works it's a good introduction or at least maybe not necessarily an introduction but it's it's a good platform perhaps that the non-metal fan would be able to appreciate this music or this movie yeah and the music as well yeah yeah um I was doing kind of a little Googling and all that, but this movie, and I was actually kind of surprised by this, but it ranked 61% on Rotten Tomatoes. Hmm. So what I was actually kind of surprised by that. 
and all that because Rotten Tomatoes as a website can be uh, pretty brutal. So I'm kind of glad on that. Yeah, we're kind of looking at the time. You know what? We're going to forego tonight's indie spotlight. We'll get to that a little bit later. But I think we should get into a couple metal lords, shall we say. One band we've never played on this show is um seattle thrashers forced entry they were kind of oh did i lose you you're no, there? keep going okay okay Se- seattle thrashers forced entry they you know all throughout the 80s you know they were kind of in in, in that conversation with the whole bay area and all that they never quite got to that point of the testaments and the exoduses and the metallicas and all that and that's really too bad because they came up with a lot of cool stuff so making their radioactive metal debut it's a little bit later on their 1995 ep the shore this is forced entry with miasma
knows a lot of things can change in the span of 10 years. But when it comes to professional wrestling podcasting, one thing is still guaranteed. The Shining Wizards is the only place to get all the latest wrestling news, interviews with the greatest guests, and of course, tons of laughs in discussing the world of wrestling. The show is still available on Monday nights at 7 p.m. East on RantDMRadio.com and Rant Entertainment Media on the TuneIn app. And it's still available on all podcasting platforms. To check us out, head over to ShiningWizards.com, where it's still wrestling talk and talk about wrestling. Yeah. 
Speaking of metal lords, that is German 80s German Thrasher's Necronomicon with the title track from their Possessed by Evil record. Now, not to be confused with the Canadian Necronomicon that we've had on this show and we've played the snot out of them over the years and we'll have them on again. Great, great band. I wanted... It, it, it just felt apropos to go back to the 80s metal heyday. And I just I just remembered this kind of more obscure Necronomicon. And it's like, yeah, we have to introduce all of our beautiful listeners to this band. Great stuff. Great stuff. Well, my friend, thank you so much. Like I said, I still have... Um, more of my weekend, shall we say, is still going on. Looking forward to all of that. And when my participation on the um, Back Alley Beers podcast is up, I'm sure we'll uh, be able to provide links and let all of our listeners know to go over there and check that out i'm really looking forward to it um how can people get a hold of us well dear snowman at red metal 666 on instagram check us out there because as snowy and i talk about the different things that we acquire and as you're listening to it uh to this because this, this is gonna hit on friday the 20 i can't see my calendar 22nd right yeah um i've got to get glasses dude um putting it off for so long but i really think i need glasses but uh that means that saturday is record store day so yes yes i can't believe it took to the end of the show for us to say when this drops it's the day before record day yeah right so obviously a big day and um as snowy and i pick up different albums and records and things which i feel like i still have something i need to put up Um, But we try to put it on Instagram to coincide with the show. Sometimes we're a little bit ahead because, well, you know, we're excited. We want to share with the world. But check us out there because, you know, that's where you can see the pretty pictures of everything. Um, Check out Facebook.com slash Rad Metal. That's our Facebook page. And then RadioactiveMetal.org is where all the episodes are. Uh, anywhere you can find a podcast, you're going to find us to listen to, right? So you can yeah, go yeah. to radioactivemetal.org. You can, because um, we host through Podbean there. You can get a Podbean account, check it out, and interact and all that sort of stuff. But you can go to Stitcher. You can go to iTunes. You can even go to Spotify because thanks to the fine folks at Shining Wizards Network, shiningwizardsnetwork.com, whole host of wrestling lifestyle podcasts. They even host another show called A Wrestling Night in Canada, mm-hmm. uh, where their one host sounds like Snowy, the other one sounds like Ducky. It's crazy. Good crazy. looking guys. Good Handsome looking men. guys. Handsome men they are. But. 
Um, they got that going on. And thanks to them, if you look for the Shining Wizards Network on Spotify, you're going to find us. That's where we mm-hmm. are, too. So mm-hmm. that's all the stuff. Oh, no, last thing, rabbitle666 at gmail.com if you want to drop us a line. And that's everything. I know. That's everything. Let's go out with. Um, actually, I want to bring everyone's attention to this particular record. Go on to Bandcamp and look up. I believe it's if you, if, if 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 you just Google "band together," you will find a really cool new compilation called "Band to Get Band Together." A benefit for Ukraine. Oh, or, I saw that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's fantastic. All of this, um, it's it's a compilation, and all of the benefits go towards with what's going on in Ukraine right now. And it's just a great listen. Cool bands like Citizens Arrest, Terrorist Scum, Under Attack, and probably a more well-known band um former relapse records recording artist unsane donate a track cracked up so let's go out with that in the meantime and in between time that's it this has been a lord of the flicks episode of radioactive metal i'm snowy white and this is aaron signing off